0: The first book I ever remember reading was Where the Red Fern Grows. And I guess I should actually say the first book I remember being read to me, as obviously I was like five, so I couldn't read myself, but that's besides the point. I just remember being so entranced by the storytelling and all of the characters, especially the dogs. But again, besides the point, I have always strived to get back to that childlike desire to take lessons from books and really become invested in them like I was back then. Hey y'all, my name is Rose Little, and this is Off the Page. It's officially time for episode one, and I'm so excited because the book this week ate, like, This book was so good. I was actually told by one of my friends that I would probably find it really boring, but I'm glad to tell y'all I was not bored the entire time. This book looped me in from the beginning, and I actually finished it relatively quickly. Probably the fastest book I've been able to read since, like, I was in sixth grade, so I felt really good about this one. Today... We're going to be talking about Parable of the Sower written by Octavia Butler and published in 1993. This book follows Lauren Olamina, who is a teenager and she is writing in a journal. So the book is a series of her journal entries between 2024 and 2027. And she is 15 when it starts and 18 by the time it ends. So she is a little bit younger than me, but, you know, only by a few years. Not to age myself, but (laughs) she's only a few years younger than me. And let me tell y'all, what Butler was writing in 1993 is crazy compared to what we are experiencing right now. I can see where she's coming from with some of these ideas, but I am glad to say, glad to report, we are not at this stage in society. So a little bit encouraging, but also a little bit scary that there was even any figment of truth to this story about what the predictions for 2024 were going to be. All right, so just a few fun things that I wanted to mention before we really get into it. These are not really analysis, but just fun things that I noticed while I was reading. First, Lauren Olamina is our protagonist. And I looked up what the name Olamina meant because she mentioned specifically in the book that it is a West African name. And I thought it was an interesting name. I thought it was a pretty name. So I wanted to get some insight on that. And I actually found that this name means someone who organizes and leads, or it could mean a wealthy individual. I think both of those descriptions ring very true for Lauren's character. If you've read the book, you probably know what I'm talking about, but if you haven't, Lauren is essentially this leader of a progressively larger group of people, and they are trekking through California to try and find a better life for themselves because all of their homes have been destroyed by outsiders who have come in to their community. So essentially what situation we're dealing with is Lauren is living in a walled community with her family and other neighbors. It's generally a safe community, but sometimes there are people who get in who want to do them harm or steal from them. That actually does end up happening. Spoiler alert, Lauren's family does not make it. Lauren is the only one to survive, and she meets up with some of her neighbors who happen to be around her age, and they set off together and progressively acquire people as they move north. That's a little summary as well. So then something else that I wanted to talk about was the role that fire plays throughout this novel. I'm sure all my English peeps know what I'm talking about with water being a symbol for renewal, for a symbol of rebirth, but in this case, I think it's interesting that fire kind of takes that role in a more chaotic way. It is the driver of change in a forced change way. So essentially fire is this more chaotic symbol of renewal. It forces change but it also acts as a motivator for Lauren and her group. So just something that I wanted to point out because I am big on finding patterns like that and inconsistencies between what I'm reading versus what the canon literature symbols are. So yeah with that being said I think we will now move on to the lessons that I was able to take away. Okay, so our first lesson of the day, it's something that I feel is very necessary for us to remember, especially in our present day, just culture and society, and that is being open-minded about people, about ideas, even when your beliefs don't necessarily align with someone else's. The reason I bring this up is because a large part of Lauren's journal entries contain references to Earthseed, which is the religion that Lauren came up with to kind of cope with some of the tragedies that she was experiencing. She doesn't necessarily think that's the case. She thinks that she has just come up with this religion, but it's really just a matter of dealing with the change that's being forced upon her. So, She uses Earthseed as a way to explain what is going on in the world and kind of explain why some of that chaos might be happening. Nothing is really changing her ideas, but she is not forcing it upon people. Even when people don't agree with her, she doesn't argue. She takes this position more so as an educator as opposed to a strict person who thinks that everybody has to believe what she has to believe. And she kind of gets criticism from people in her group, Bengole at one point, who is a character that comes later in the book. He is an essential character, especially in Lauren's development as a person and in her development as a leader. He asks her some important questions that help her further determine the idea of Earthseed in her head. Like I said, she doesn't argue with him. She answers his questions. He may not necessarily be all for what Lauren is saying to him and how she's answering the questions, but they have a mutual respect for one another and each other's beliefs. For today's society, what does this mean for us? I think it really is just a good reminder to not immediately swear off other people's ideas just because we don't personally agree with them. I think it's important for all of us to be open-minded and open-eared, which is a very weird expression that I just came up with. Basically, just listen. Be open-minded. And even if you disagree, ask questions. Try to understand where the other person is coming from. Try to understand why they believe what they believe. We've all had different experiences throughout our lives that shape the way we have come to know our surroundings, our environment, and our values as a person. It's fine to have different opinions But when you start arguing and bickering back and forth, that is ultimately really unproductive. And I think the situation between Lauren and some of her groupmates, like Ben Cooley, even though they have these different opinions, they go about them in a different way and try to learn from each other, as opposed to immediately look at the other side and say, that's dumb, I'm not going to listen to that. They really do play off each other, and I think everybody grows in the process and becomes... Just a more open minded individual, despite not being necessarily in agreement. So, as a younger generation, as a member of a younger generation, what does that mean for us? I think it just means that we have this opening to be a more open minded society. Progressively, throughout the last couple of decades, we've kind of shut ourselves down to that. And that's for a lot of reasons having more media readily available to us. And seeing other people's viewpoints and being pitted against each other for entertainment is something that has closed us down as a society from listening to other people's perspectives. But at the end of the day, we see a huge group rally around Lauren and essentially her ideas as well. A person is their values and their beliefs, and everybody in this book rallies around Lauren and they all make it together. So, In this way, Butler is trying to say that we all need to remember to be open-minded because that's how we're going to lift each other up and progress as a society, and she's showing that through the characters in her book. And that leads me into our next lesson of the day, which is empathy. I know, not really a lesson, kind of more of a characteristic, but I think the lesson is not being afraid of our emotions, and not shutting down our emotions when we are uncomfortable. In our generation, we have social media, and I think in a lot of ways, this has definitely dialed down how much empathy we feel for others. We've grown up in a generation that has the ability to scroll past other people's problems. I'm guilty of it. I'm sure a lot of us are guilty of it. But At the end of the day, empathy is probably one of the most important characteristics that we, as a generation, as a society, need to maintain. It keeps our humanity and keeps us connected to one another. With respect to the book, Lauren actually has this gift of empathy, and she has the ability to feel others' physical sensations. And she kind of sees this as a bad thing, like she feels the need to warn her counterparts, that she has this ability. She's not necessarily scared of it, but she understands what it might do to her in certain situations where she does have to defend herself or defend her group. So she feels like she has to warn her peers that she will be debilitated if she has to injure or kill someone in order to protect herself or others. But ultimately, I read this More so as a strength, because this is essentially how she stays grounded throughout all of the tragedy that she is forced to endure. Despite the chaos that she lives in, literally on a day to day basis, it's ensuing around her. There's fire, there's death, there's suffering, there's people who want to steal from her, rob her, kill her. It's a horrible situation to be in, but her empathy and the painful manifestations that she has to deal with throughout this book ensures she maintains her grounding throughout the plot. Unlike some of the other individuals in society that she is surrounded by, she does not have this lust to kill, to hurt, to cause pain for others. And I think part of that reason is, or I think actually most of that reason is because she Has empathy. She does not let this idea of romanticizing killing get to her head and she doesn't abuse her knowledge in a way to harm others. So, why is this important for us to remember? We're not going around killing people, we're not causing pain to people. Why do we need to remember this? In our day and age, like I mentioned, social media plays a huge part in our empathy towards others, in my opinion, because You know, we have social media, we have ways to avoid pain and avoid the suffering of others. But at the end of the day, empathy is what keeps us grounded in our own humanity. When we lose that ability to empathize with other people, we lose the ability to connect with them. We all need empathy in order to maintain those human connections that we make. And I think we can all be a little bit more diligent about recognizing other people's suffering and offering help and not just scrolling, not just swiping past it because we're uncomfortable with it. Lauren's humanity is ultimately what helps her survive and it keeps her and her allies alive. So in a time where we can kind of push other people's suffering to the side, It's important that we all remember that empathy is the key to maintaining relationships as humans. So, if Lauren can maintain her empathy amidst all the chaos that she has to deal with throughout this book, we can all do well to keep our own and consider other people's problems as if they were our own, too. Of course, keeping in mind our own mental health as well. The final lesson I want to get into today is this idea of society unevolving. I think that's a word. I'm going to use it as a word. Unevolving. This is a point made a few times throughout the book. The specific moment I'm thinking of is when Ben and Lauren are talking and they're talking about slavery um, in terms of this society that they live in. There's a lot of human trafficking for work. People are really desperate for money, so they will go anywhere that pays them, whether it's minimum wage or way below minimum wage. So Ben is talking about slavery in terms of what it's like in their present versus what it was like in the 1800s. So this is something I've noticed as a common theme throughout dystopian literature as a genre. So why is this idea so prevalent and what can we take away from it? We all know the younger generations are the ones who will be in power soon. That means us. That means gen Z, that means millennials. We're all going to be taking political power in the future. So something that is very relevant today is voting and making our voices heard. This actually is mentioned a few times in Parable of the Sower, referencing Lauren's dad. Basically, at the very beginning of the novel, they are talking briefly about the upcoming election and the potential for a new president to be elected. So on page 20, Butler writes from Lauren's perspective, he being her dad is the only one I know who's going to vote at all. But then a few pages later, Lauren says dad decided not to vote for Donner after all. Donner being the new president. So I think something to take away from that is that we need to be voting. We need to be making sure we are using every outlet to have our ideas heard because ultimately this is the world that we're going to take this is the country that we're going to be take not taking over but the country that we're going to be running. So why not use the resources that we have now to make that better for ourselves and the people who come after us and the people who have come before us. We can start by being mindful and being aware of what is going on in the world and in the country. I know for me I can definitely pay more attention to the news. Kind of like what I said about empathy, it's really easy to swipe or scroll when you see something that you don't like in politics rather than taking a stand. You know, you can just swipe past it and out of sight, out of mind. So we definitely need to make sure we are keeping up with political information, no matter how boring it sometimes may be. But making sure we are staying up to date is super important. Make sure you're voting, make sure you're make sure you're keeping up with the news. All that. All of that relates back to these You know, society evolving backwards and what we can do to make sure that doesn't happen. All right. Well, that was the last lesson of the day. I hope you guys enjoyed. That was really fun for me. I don't know about y'all, but I think I had a much more enjoyable time reading the book when I was like, oh, I think I could bring that idea into my own life. I think I can share that idea with, you know, on my podcast. I hope y'all found it as helpful as I did. And if you haven't read the book, I would definitely recommend. I hope I didn't spoil too much for you. I don't think I did. I think I gave just the right amount to kind of loop y'all in if you haven't. That is it for today, y'all. I really, really hope y'all enjoyed. Please hit up my Instagram at offthepage.pod for any comments or suggestions you have about future episodes. I would love to hear from y'all. Also, if you guys have any book recommendations for me to read put them in the comments. Maybe they'll be in an episode. Who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say whether or not it'll be an episode? It'll probably be an episode. I'm gonna let y'all know. (laughs) I will see y'all in the next one.